Hey everyone, Cooper here, host of the fine podcast you're listening to. I just want to let you know that the episode you clicked on has a format that is very heavily inspired by a podcast called The Bookening. To be clear, our thoughts and opinions in this episode are our own, but the format is very similar to this podcast. I just wanted to give you a heads up and give credit where it is due. With that out of the way, enjoy the show. Welcome to the screening. Today's screening will be La La Land. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the screening. I'm, of course, your humble and eloquent host, Mr. Cooper Cobbs, and joining me today, very good friend, Mr. Tanner Lewis. Howdy, folks. And joining us as well, a very special guest, the one, the only, Mr. Todd Truly. Welcome to the show, Todd. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I almost included uh, the best, best man candidate, but I decided not to say that, but it would been fine. <laughs> um. That's a joke that people won't get, but that's okay. Welcome on, Todd. Thanks so much for coming on. We're talking about La La Land, which apparently is one of your favorite movies. So why don't you just tell us like, why you're qualified first to be on this podcast, but also why you love La La Land so much. All right. We're going to be here for a good day and a half while I rant about <laughs> La La Land. So let's see. Why am I qualified? Well, I firstly looked up a bunch of behind-the-scenes stuff, found out everything I could about La La Land just so I could have something to say on this podcast. Mm -hmm. But the reason I did that was because I love it so much. I don't know how specifically to say it, but La La Land excels in every single aspect of what makes a good movie, in my idea, in cinematography, in characters, in the music, in the writing. In every mm. aspect, well, except for the theme of it, but we can get into that later. But that's why I love yeah. it. Thanks so much, Todd. Uh, I guess we typically we start off with you know baggage. I think you've listened to a couple episodes before. Yes. So Tanner, why don't you start us off with baggage, and then we'll make our way around. Uh, my baggage for La La Land. It's going to be short and sweet, folks. First of all, Cooper said we're doing this for the podcast. I said amazing. I feel like I've heard of this movie before. Come to find out, I've heard of this movie before because my mom dislikes it. Um, uh, So originally, what she had told me was, Hey Tanner, you can watch this movie, I just won't watch it with you. And so that is my very short and sweet baggage with Walla Land. Interesting. So I guess we'll get into it later, why your mom doesn't like it. Did she tell you why she didn't like it? Um, Quote, it makes me feel... Feel it feels a little bit too much like my testimony for me to like it. Interesting. Okay. Um, your mom was a, a movie star, and then <laughs> I know. Right? Well, was no, she a was jazz musician? The... Was yeah, she... <laughs> Do you want to start her own jazz club called Chicks on a Stick? Wait, or was she both? <laughs> yeah. Ooh, both. Yeah, both. We're, we'll go with both. Um, no, okay. it was more of like the relationship stuff that was happening in there. And oh, gotcha. the that was what following she... your dreams over your relationship, right? That was realistic yes. to her? She didn't like that. <laughs> the the yeah, dreams so. slash relationship stuff? More like 
don't get into high school relationships or relationships in general that you don't want to put work into. Gotcha. Yeah. Which is fair. I mean, I think there's some really good relationship stuff in this and also some really bad stuff as well. Agreed. For sure. Yes. For sure. Um, so you don't remember hearing about this movie really before you mentioned it and I told you you had to watch it. I feel like I've heard of it before. I feel like Mm -hmm. I listened to the soundtrack with Matthew, um, extensively. Yes, he's a big fan. Which is why, um, I knew the songs and, uh, why now I can go find those songs again and listen to them for the past three days straight. Oh yes, dude. I've listened to the soundtrack every day since I've watched it. So about a month. My, my baggage, I guess let's kind of slide in here. Um, I I love I loved it when I watched it like last week, and I was on a plane and um, I wanted to watch it for the podcast and I watched it and my my immediate thought after finishing it was why could my sisters not have gotten addicted to this music instead of the Greatest Showman that was my first thought because I think the songs are way better than this than the Greatest Showman personally so I it's was so true regretting the fact that the I couldn't I couldn't say anything on that I, I haven't watched the Greatest Showman <laughs> oh yeah. Hey, but good for you, it's probably is, is better. better. Yes, it probably is better. It's better than yeah. most musicals I've seen. Yeah. And I wish that like movies like this were more common, to be honest. I really wish that was the yes. case. Yes, so. same. Anyway, I my also baggage... enjoy... Oh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Just on go the go soundtrack, ahead. like I enjoy how it's not too reliant on like music to be a musical. It's like the music mm-hmm. is a part of the movie right yes, like yep. there's not a whole lot of singing to drive the plot forward it's like the plot moves itself and the music is amazing as well yes and yeah. it's unique because it's jazz but also exactly. a musical and and the yes. lyrics of the songs actually after subconsciously memorizing them after hearing it so much is similar and advances the story because there are two versions of city of stars that yep. I think that won an Oscar for best original song. Yeah, one of the songs did. But it's really, really good. Really love that song. But the first version is like he's wondering if that dream of that relationship mm-hmm. or his dream of being a musician, jazz musician, would come true because all these opportunities have been presented with him with right. that relationship. And then his John Legend friend presenting him with the job of <laughs> jazz. That was really weird. I, that guy showed up, and I was like, I don't know what to think about this, because I know that you're John Legend, and that's like really weird, but also you're just playing this character. So I don't know. Was, at first, when he showed up, I was like, I don't know what to make of this character. but I It's like, like, whoa, John Legend. Yeah, exactly. I knew that person. Anyway, I guess into my baggage, I think La La Land is a movie that came out, what, 2016? And so in the seven years that have passed since then, I think that a lot of people have just mentioned it as being, you know, a really, really great movie. My former piano teacher, I no longer take piano, um, R.I.P., but my former piano teacher and her husband were big fans of La La Land as they're pretty involved in the music industry. And I really feel like Hollywood just doesn't make, like I said earlier, a lot of these movies like La La Land. And so when one comes out and it's really good, um, then everybody loves it, you know, because they're just starved for things like this that are great. And so everybody... Um, who was kind of in that area that I knew loved it. Everybody um, who is just really into movies likes it a lot. And a lot of people I know think this is a really good movie. Uh, I also do student choir through my church, and uh, in the fall we do kind of a more 
a fun musical kind of plaything to raise money for the mission trips that we go on in the spring and summer. And so La La Land, whenever we have like a movie cycle, is one of the one of the main movies that we get music from. And so that's kind of another way I've experienced it. But I was really excited. I had really high expectations for it coming in. I watched it on my phone on a plane, which was, you know, kind of sad. I sad way to experience it for the first time, but Ooh, it was I, awesome. That's how I, I experienced it for the first time. And no way, on a to plane? the listeners, I suggest you watch it. If you have an in-home theater or a projector, <laughs> watch it right. with a good so- right. sound system. The second time I watched it was at my grandparents' house because I had to show my brother it because I was obsessed with mm-hmm. it, and now he is too as well, and he told me why it was such a good movie, and he had other thoughts on it that I'll probably share. But great. I watched it with a great surround sound just on a good TV. Don't watch it on your yep. phone because I missed yeah, I some of the jokes of it because it said yeah. it's a, com- oh, yes, it's a sure. comedy too. Some pretty yep. funny jokes too. Good. Yeah, I, I was the opposite of you two. I did the fi- I did the last the best option. I listened to yeah. it in my middle floor, which, as all of you know, has the surround sound system, and the beautiful seventy five inch TV. Oh. You also told me that you t- it took like four hours to watch the movie because the buffering was terrible. Okay, it wasn't four hours. It got better. I figured out how to switch, um, how to lower my um, uh, like uh, my quality. Like I lowered my okay. quality down. I was run- I realized I was running 4K, and I'm like, oh. But we're we were running on satellite internet. I'm like, okay, I can't do this. So I bumped it all the way down to just like HD, and I'm like, okay, I need good music, not buffering. I don't care about the screen right now. Just don't buffer. Yeah. So I think I spent like the first five minutes took 20 minutes to get through because of buffering. It interrupt- Did it interrupt on the the one shots? The one yeah, shots. Dude, I- come on. Hmm. I went back. I went back, and I enjoyed it. Don't worry, guys. Good. I went back Good. and enjoyed it because I rented the movie, and I decided I'm not going to waste this. I'm not yeah. wasting five dollars yeah, like right now. Forty-eight hours to. This, this is a movie worth buying. This is a movie yeah. worth. It is keeping forever. I rented it to, um, like soothe my mother and her worries. Yeah, it's true. Like, wait, so. wait, Tanner, Tanner, like do you have Netflix? We do own Netflix. Well, La La Land was on Netflix when you could. You're joking. Yes, I love Netflix right now. <laughs> Don't you love? You're the fact joking. That we just assume things aren't Netflix on Netflix, and we sort of, we go to like Prime and like rent it, and we waste five mm-hmm. bucks because. We, You're joking we right now. I, I told my friend that Prime. the other day, the like friend Apple. who is probably listening because I told her to oh, listen hey. to it and also introduce me to La La Land. I, if if I could share my baggage, this go would ahead, be the sir. Time. All right, we're going to have to go back Segway. about... We love, we love segues on podcasts. Three months. We're going to go back three months, uh, maybe mid-January. I'm hoping this timeline is correct. Yes. My friend says she's watched this fantastic movie. You guessed it, La La Land. And I kind of thought nothing of it. I was like, oh, I know that movie. It's that movie with the musical and dancing and that yeah. purple background in the sky. That came out a long time ago. I only knew it because I watched the Oscars. I usually watch the Oscars every year, even though it's decreased in quality. But I still like to see it. Back then, it was okay. And when it... So I knew of it. But then hearing more about it and hearing my friend play this song, which was the Me and Sebastian's theme, it, Mm -hmm. it piqued my interest. And I heard that it was about jazz. And me being 
a pianist, and also a lover of jazz. Jazz I've always loved, apparently, since I was a very small child, when my parents put on the radio and they changed it, they said I would say, turn it back. So I love there you go. <laughs> jazz. The musical aspect and the fact that it was a love story, me being your average uh, male was <laughs> iffy. I was iffy on it, but I trusted. I trusted my friend's uh, my friend's opinion. And this friend, you guys may know her. She's uh, in the NCFCA. But okay, cool. And after watching it, then expectations blown out of the water. I, I like musicals in certain cases. This is those mm-hmm. that case. And the love story was actually one of the best parts about it. And now I don't really care about <laughs> love stories in movies. They're fine. <laughs> yep. Thought I was growing up. And Lillian told him to do so. No, I'm kidding. Yes. <laughs> I'm a new man after watching that. I actually am. It's one of those movies that after watching it, you want to go do something. You want to make a movie. Yeah. You want to start yeah. playing jazz. That's, that's so just, true. It's, it's one of those movies that want you to just get up and do something. After watching Karate Kid, you want to do karate. Yeah, exactly. After watching Rocky, you want to go boxing or just be in a montage or a working yeah. out montage. Dude, no, no, no. Last, okay, so last fall, we were in a hotel and Rocky 3 was on, and we watched for maybe 20 minutes, including commercial breaks, because it's on TV, and there were three montages just in that 20-minute window <laughs> in Rocky 3. And I was like, this is actually really awesome, because all the montages are really cool and good. But yeah, <laughs> being in a montage is the correct feeling after watching a Rocky movie, for sure. Yes. Well, I guess as we kind of enter into opening thoughts, I think one of the things that makes this movie just awesome is the fact that it romanticizes the movie industry and making it and just trying to put it all on the line to pursue creative dreams, but also being realistic about it. Like, not all your dreams are going to come true, you know? But at the same time, not being cynical. I think that's the key. Like, the very end of the movie, which I guess moving into kind of spoiler territory, the end of the movie, they don't get together, right? And the end of the movie is kind of a heartbreaker and bittersweet in that. But also, it's not really cynical because it's like these people got mostly what they want, um, but hey... life is life and they didn't get everything that they thought they were going to get um but it wasn't cynical i think that's a really cool trick and it makes a lot of people love this movie because it's not necessarily a downer it's kind of melancholy but also is happy but realistic all the same time so that was a really good trick that i loved i think the movie pulled off very well yes and for the record it was on netflix yes i'm crying right now (laughs) i spent six bucks that i could have spent on my chicken minis this morning guys i'm mad not there only crying because your bank account, because crying from the tears that well up in your eyes in the epilogue of the movie. Yeah, La La Land kind of so made Tanner weepy for the past me, couple of days. Me all, being all a masculine man didn't want to cry, but I was really? by myself when I watched it the first time. <laughs> I, I, I didn't cry, but I wanted to. Yeah, I was, I was in the I air while cried. watching, so I kind of could have, you know... Put it off on the fact that the altitude is doing some weird things to my hear tear up. Yeah. Well, I guess Todd, what are your your thoughts? You hinted earlier that you have many things to say, so please, by all means, take the stage. Many things to say. 
Well, we can go through each aspect that it excels in. Firstly, That's a great idea. for cinematography, because they shot in L.A. and all on on site, it was mm-hmm. incredibly authentic and it really showed. Because that scene, the the a lovely night scene when they're dancing, the iconic scene oh, right. that's on like the cover of the movie. You know that? Oh, we should. Put yeah, I know what you're talking about. Like, it's very. I enjoy that. I enjoy that scene. Exactly, but they they filmed that scene actually at golden hour or that certain wedge of time in 10 minutes over the course of two nights. Uh-huh. So it took them a couple takes. The scene in the movie is from a the second night, take three or something, but that was authentic. It uh-huh. actually looked like that. Well, maybe yes. they added some sort of filters yeah. on it because I saw some behind-the-scenes footage and it didn't look exactly the per- iconic purple. But the cinematography and the single shots was what made the cinematography authentic, and it got an Oscar for that, and I think it deserved yes. an Oscar for that. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that I think you can point to kind of the Marvel-slash-superhero renaissance and say is bad for movies as a whole is cinematography. Just Michael Bay is obviously the worst at it, but just like cutting, cutting, cutting so many times and just throwing schlock in your face and doing it really fast— and so when you get like a 1917 or a La La Land um, where they really care about the cinematography and they are really good about choosing certain scenes to do oneers or long one-shots, it really pops and it really is awesome. And La La Land is excellent at doing that. And, I mean, anybody who sees this movie knows that they're just in but after the opening scene, right? I mean, it's just a perfect, like you mentioned, authentic L.A. view and then you just have this one shot of all these people at a traffic jam just getting out and starting dancing and breaking into song. And then, you know, the movie title comes up in big, old-fashioned Hollywood-like letters, and you're just hooked. And the cinematography is a key part of selling that and making it just get, 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 getting yourself invested in the movie. And it's really an homage to the older Hollywood movies. Have you guys seen mm-hmm. Singing in the Rain? I have not. I yes. need to see it. I have not okay, seen it. Okay, well, it is... Singing in the Rain is really what this is really an homage to because the final uh, epilogue, the part mm-hmm. where they're thinking of what it could have been if they continued their... That right. is taken straight out of Singing in the Rain. I personally, even though this is probably an unpopular opinion, La La Land was better than Singing in the Rain. I think the characters, okay. like, I think it was better because of the characters and the story compared to Singing in the Rain. La La Land was better than Singing in the Rain. Mm-hmm. And then okay. the certain scenes, what made it so good was the certain scenes, one scene in particular, the one where um, Ryan Gosling, Sebastian, he's takes her to the jazz club after she says that right. she hates jazz. Uh-huh and explains what jazz really is to to her, that it's not like the Kenny G, it's on the spot. That right. is done so well. And when he says, when he describes it, he says it's chaos, it's another word, but the band playing in, jazz, in, in the jazz club, the mm-hmm. music 
emphasizes those things. So the that really shows the music, the cinematography, and the writing and acting all together working in that one scene. Yes. So because that works yeah. so well, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. I mean, La La Land is great. I just... Like Tanner said earlier, kind of supplementing the visual story that's getting told with music, which is really what all movies are supposed to do with their score as well. Just giving you an image, giving you music, and combining the two beautifully. And La La Land is one of the best movies in a long time at doing that, for sure. Yeah. I think, like, the reason that I enjoy older movies so much is just because, like, they actually cared about every aspect of the movie, right? Yeah. Because, like, it wasn't the graphics that were amazing. Like, we did not have amazing cameras. We didn't have amazing shots. Like, it, like everything had to be, like, with painstaking care. Every, every shot had to be absolutely perfect. Every score had to be flawless. Like, everything had to be perfect in order for that movie to be good. And nowadays, we get to get sloppy about it because we can film a movie in our own home in 20 days. Well, not even that, but... Yeah, there are a lot of other factors, but I agree. I think I think one of the things that La La Land is great is just the elbow grease is put in every aspect, every single aspect, and they all work perfectly together. Yeah, and uh, I think that like you, um, uh, Todd brought up Singing in the Rain. Like I enjoy Singing in the Rain and other musicals like that that are older, just because like everything in the movie is uh, um uh, like it's a lighthearted movie. Like La La Land was a pretty yeah. lighthearted movie, right? Like compared to things that we watch nowadays. Um, uh, like, everything was um, uh, just, like, so lighthearted for the most part, and uh, you didn't really get, like, downtrodden more than you would in, uh, like, singing in, singing in the Rain or um, other old Hollywood movies, like the original movies that ever came out, like 50s, 60s. Um, uh, movies like that just had, um, uh, oh, man. My train of thought just went kerplunk. Um, <laughs> movies like that just had like all of the, um, uh, oh man, where was I going with that, Cooper? Tanner, I don't know. You were saying that, I think I know where you're going. You were saying that. Finish my thought, Todd. Mo- movies like that have all of the aspects working together as one in a way yes. that makes the movie feel and look and yes feel and look as if it were and communicate and experience made yeah. well yes yeah yeah like they communicate like the story all like it's lighthearted. hearted huh there's that's what i was going with it i feel like i said lighthearted too much um like it like yeah i mean they're like, happy i, I mean right? to push back like it's it's not just lighthearted because it has kind of a melancholy bittersweet ending that's true singing in the rain as well like it's not all lighthearted, thankfully. But, like, just the fact that the movies aren't, um, uh, like, horror movies or action movies today, which are, like, they got to browbeat you over the head with all this stuff until you get to have a happy ending, right? Movies like this are, like, you get to have a happy movie and a slightly sad ending because that's how life is, right? Yeah. Like, I don't know. I enjoy that. It was very realistic for a very not a very feasible idea and as the way they portrayed the movie wasn't realistic at at all but the experiences in the movie and the theme it portrayed was real because it was very 
supposed to be not real because LA doesn't really look like that. <laughs> I've been to LA and I've heard stories of other people from my friends going there. It is, there's trash. There would have been some litter blowing down the street as they tap danced. <laughs> it would have, it, it kind of fantasized that, which made it very likable such as the characters, and felt inviting and like, I want to go there and be there and be those characters because of how great their experiences and that place looked. Yeah. But the characters and the themes were real and felt real. Yeah, I agree. And that's what I said earlier. What's great is, I mean, I think it's obviously a romanticized depiction of making it in the movie industry, and I guarantee yeah. you that a lot of kids are going to grow up watching this movie and can't wait to try their, try to become their own movie stars in, in L.A. But also, at, at the end, it's like, hey, listen, people, like, not everybody makes it. Not everybody gets everything they want. But like I said, it's not cynical. It's not, the, like, telling you, hey, kid, don't even try because you're not going to make it. But it's just realistic, like like Todd was saying. So I think that's the great trick the movie pulls off. I will say, though, like there were a couple of times where I got really confused. Maybe it was just the time of night that I was watching. I think I started it at like 9 o'clock, which cannot be healthy. Oh <laughs> I'm wondering, but, um, did you get confused at the part where Mia, Emma Stone, had a random boyfriend just out of nowhere? <laughs> yes, I did. The I first time so watching it, I didn't get that. Mainly because I couldn't yeah. hear very well, because it was on a turned down phone with one AirPod in the ear that doesn't have great sound system. So I missed some parts that referenced the random Greg boyfriend. So I was confused yes. on just that part. Yeah, I mean, I think that one of the scenes I was confused on as well, I mean, there, there are some things that are, I mean, I had to think about like. When she jumps into the pool at the party, or no, she, she didn't jump in the pool, does she? Some the, some people, random people that. ruined their suits. Yeah, and jumped right, in the exactly. Pool. And it's like snowing and stuff. So I was like, are we experiencing a time shift here? Which I think we were. So oh, the fake slow mo. Mm, that was great. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, it was. And also made um, you dizzy but... when the started spinning in the <laughs> pool. Yes, oh, yeah. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Yeah, no, I think that was one not... thing I actually like about this movie that Todd was kind of talking about is it's fantasized. So these people kind of just exist to serve our main cast, really. Like, the roommates are only there when we need them to be. Like, we don't see them for several months, and they show up at Mia's one-woman one, one play. Yeah. And the same thing with oh, the boyfriend. Yeah. Like we don't hear anything about him, and then he shows up, and then he's gone, and that's kind of it. But I like that. It's not a flaw. It's a feature. Yeah, also the yeah, for sure. the jazz they band don't... with John Legend yeah. in it, they right. kind of drop off at some point. They're not in it at yeah. some point. And it's like you musical. Like, I respect in that. musicals, they can start singing at any moment. That's just a, a, a musical trope. You're, you think in a restaurant and there's just some people at a table, some other people just might start snapping and they could just start singing. At any moment of musical, someone could start singing. Right. And that's not realistic necessarily, but nobody cares because it's a musical. Exactly. 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 And which is that, why you have I, the observatory scene and it worked because it's a musical and it's fantasized and it's real. So they can, they walk, were in the, literally they can walk in the observatory. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Oh, and they broke in easily. Right. You don't have to think about these things. 
like it would have made nope. no sense for Mia to start singing in the middle of her final audition. That that wouldn't have worked. She she wouldn't have gotten right. that role by singing. Right. But because it fit that genre, it worked and was a well played character song. moment. Yes. Wait, Todd, About was it that song epi- that won the sorry, was it that song that won the Oscar? Was it the audition song? No, it was City of Stars. It, was City it of shouldn't Stars? have been. City of Stars. It needed to be okay. City of Stars. Let me look this up. Yeah. And I'm kind of mad wasn't... that La La Land didn't get Best Picture. Do you guys know the Wait, story of that? Was there a huge kerfuffle? Like... Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. They went up on stage, and the card the card said this. It said, Emma Stone, La La Land. And Emma Stone won Best Actress for La La Land. But they right. had that card up there for Best Picture. So the reader didn't know what to do, so just said La La Land. And then gotcha. the director went up on stage, and then another halfway into his thanking of all the people, someone came up on stage with a headset and just told them what happened, and they didn't win, and they <laughs> had to hand that it to... That must have been really sad. Yes. A movie that nobody cared about? I forget what it was, but... Yeah, some, some artsy-fartsy movie. Right. Right. Well, this was kind of an artsy yeah. That's, that's what's good about La La Land is it's 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 both as an appeal to the populace, and also is kind of artsy at the same time, which is the best of both. Yeah. Best of both. Yeah, I was going to talk about the transitions, like we like at the very beginning of the movie, right? Like we get into the cars and then we move back from like arguably the best song in the entire movie, in my personal opinion, because that beat. It's been in my head for the past four days. The do do um, do 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 do. Yep, oh, don't one. get it started. I <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, uh, so much so that I like figured out how to play it on the piano. But that's, uh, that's as, as did I. Point. As did I. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh, anyways, um, uh, like we move from that song, and then camera shifts to Emma Stone, and uh, we follow her storyline after um. Uh, lover boy um honks horn i don't know i don't remember his name sebastian which is probably oh that's right seb right thank you i'm i'm focused on emma stone right now oh mia okay okay we're we're moving we're moving along anyways we follow her storyline until she walks into restaurant with mean um guy whom we don't like and then um uh, we uh we transition back into the car and then we follow it all the way up until that point again and then, that is what like, hooked me into the movie. That is yes, what made same. me think, oh my gosh, I'm in for a wild ride. This is going to be fantastic. Uh-huh. Yes. It, like, and to me, at a very late night, like, anything could like, surprise me and make me... Like, anything outside of the ordinary like, movie stuff would just like, blow my mind at that point. Like, we're talking like... I think I finished the movie at like 11. Um, uh, but like, we do that, and then we're, like, we have a pretty normal movie normal in quotation marks of course because we've got like it's an amazing movie then um we get to the epilogue right and uh, we've uh, moved to five years later and uh, um uh, i am slightly confused as to where um this guy has come from who's come just like out of nowhere um because of like i'm mad the at time that, guy. that it is yeah the the husband with like the yeah so i'm confused as to what's happened for the most part and so um, we watch into Sebastian's, and I'm like, oh, I get what's happened now. So we're all fine until the piano starts playing, and then all of a sudden we're gone. And I'm like, wait, what? What's happening? 
I don't know what's happening. Oh, guys. and the great and transition so, from the jazz club back into the restaurant he played. Yeah, back Athena. into the restaurant. Yes, I I love. And that instead of bumping the shoulder, transition. they kiss, and it's so crazy. It's it's like yes, and you're so confused at this point. You're like, what's happening? Like, have we done a time travel? Who's thinking this right now? Right. But you like don't really care, and so you just keep on moving on, and you're so confused until you're back in the jazz club, and then you're like, oh my gosh, I've this past seven minutes that I thought like we're gonna be credits right now, or just like what. What? You don't it even so realize amazing. that that entire scene was like seven to eight minutes long. Not until you like listen to the soundtrack again. Like me in the car today coming back home from me and Cooper's like um, at CC campus. Like oh, I listened no. to the entire soundtrack all the way through because that's my favorite thing to do for movies. Like you have to listen to the entire soundtrack all the way through. for Listen like, to the complete musicals. musical experience where it has transitions from each song yeah. and the soundtrack. Yes. Oh, it's so good. Anyways, um, uh, like we, you get into that epilogue and you just like, for me, like listening to it, each like little section, like I'm now convinced that the music drove that entire epilogue. Like it wasn't anything oh, that yeah. they were doing on screen at that point. Like on screen was absolute like well, I mean, let's not, irrelevant. Let's, let's, let's talk about like, I mean, they do have chemistry. They have great chemistry, which is why it's one of the reasons yes. why this movie pops. But the emotional beat, you're right, is carried mostly through the music. Like we said earlier, this movie done a great job of associating visual with sound of the songs. And so when you get to that moment, like I couldn't have told you, like I realized later it was their love theme, but I didn't know. But it, the, the moment still worked because intuitively, subconsciously, I knew that it was their love theme, right? Even though I didn't consciously know that. And so it totally worked yeah. because of the emotional music that was going on. Yeah, the composer did his job. He did. He did it well. I looked the guy up. Oh, you did? Did you? Like, his name was Justin Hortz. I don't know. Some, like, I don't know. It was some, um, it's like, it's H-U-R, I don't know. It's, it's German. I'm sure He's, uh, Damien Chazelle, the directors. He's, like, his composer. Like, Steven Spielberg, John Williams. Right. The two pairings that they use, usually, um. It's like that yeah. kind of duo, but he does the soundtrack for every one of his movies. Yeah, I'm seeing that. Like Jordan Horowitz, Justin Horowitz. Anyways, like amazing. I love it. My the soundtrack saved and it's like pinned on my um, um, uh, Spotify board right now. So you know, oh, gotta Justin love it. Horowitz. You're right, not Horowitz. I'm sorry. You're yeah. right. We apologize cool. if you're okay. listening. <laughs> For yeah. mispronouncing your um, name because you're clearly listening to it. Yes. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, I was going to talk about Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling and their respective characters because they're awesome. I think Emma Stone completely deserved the best um, best actor, actress, I mean, because she knocked so it out true. of the park. Mm-hmm. Tanner, did you know, and I'm sure Todd could tell you this too, that Emma Watson was originally contracted to play in this movie, but then she left for Beauty and the Beast? Good. What? Well, yeah, referencing right. previous episodes? <laughs> yeah, right? Right? Yeah. No, totally. Because I think Emma Stone is much better here than Emma Watson. And is. the reason they did that and why it would have worked better was because Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling, I heard this, that they were in a different movie together and had good chemistry there. And it's also right. an homage to old Hollywood movies also had pairings that have been in previous movies just repairing right, like fred, fred rogers to... and no no fred astaire ginger rogers things like that yes 
those two actors who've been together in different movies, but put together, it's also an homage to older movies again. Well, they rocked. Yeah. Well, here's the deal. Like, I think Emma Stone here works because you have to have that thing in the beginning where she's not making it, right? And so you have to kind of buy that, right? Um, And then when the transition comes to where she's just awesome and a a music star, which comes pretty late, but you know what's going to happen, she has to be awesome there too. Now, I don't know if I would have bought Emma Watson, like, not making it at first. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, so she's too... I think Emma Stone has just enough of like the girl next door quality, um, but is also awesome that makes it work. Yes, so true. And Ryan Gosling, I mean, he he is a guy who like in real life I don't know if I would like, but in the movie I'm like I want everything good to happen to you. <laughs> so true. It's, oh my gosh, that is so right. I identify with this man. The way he reacted to. <laughs> To Mia saying she hated jazz was exactly oh how I would react to someone saying they hate jazz. What do you mean you hate jazz? That's such a blanket statement. You hate jazz. That's that's <laughs> literally what I'd say. Yeah. So, <laughs> and I only got this part the second viewing of La La Land when I watched it on a good TV with good surround sound. There you go. But he he's like he's the reason the movie has in the genre section says it's a comedy. Like he has some yeah. pretty funny lines. Like the part about where he says to put the the car keys to to your chin. He says, I think oh, yeah. it gives you cancer, but it doesn't <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> but he usually delivers these these funny things so subtly. And yes. realistically, that it's a very subtle performance. Yeah, yeah. It's he's got yeah, he's got riz. Like, I'll be here at eight. I don't know about you. <laughs> yeah, like I don't know. I loved I loved that I loved that scene with him. But he's just like oh, and oh he says, gosh. "You're a baby. Put on your big girl pants. <laughs> I know, right? Put on your big girl pants and like do something." Oh my gosh! Oh, when he yells, yeah. "What?" <laughs> That's right. Yes, yeah. like so. Uh, I mean, and I think that his performance is, like, a little bit more subdued, kind of as Tanner was talking about. And so it doesn't, like, pop off the screen like Emma Stone's just 100% give performance does, which is probably why he didn't win Best Actor. He just got nominated for it, and she won. But, I mean... He still deserved the nomination, the and I can explain oh, absolutely. why I think he deserved the nomination. Oh, he did? Okay. Yeah. He... I mean, I, th- I'm sa- I think he deserved the nomination for sure. I'm saying I think I understand why he didn't win. Yeah, the scene that shows that Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling not only would work in a relationship, but have a realistic relationship and shows that they are good actors, and very uh-huh. good actors, and showcases their acting, is in the one scene where Emma Stone, Mia, comes home and Sebastian has cooked a surprise dinner. Right, right. We've got the music playing on the record, which will be important later. But then they have it, they're having a good conversation. They're having a good time. But then they get into that argument. And it is right. heated. It, I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. Don't argue. Please don't. Yeah, I know. And then 
something fantastic happens again where every single aspect of what makes a good movie, the cinematography, the music, everything, the acting, all comes together in one part. When Sebastian delivers a one line that Mia says, you don't really mean that. Um, and it's really powerful, but the music on the record stops when he says it. Right. And it's diegetic music or music that's actually they can hear too. So the music stops and it's just dead silent. And it is building so much tension. And when the fire or smoke alarm goes off, it's just... And then it cuts into another great transition and just cuts to black after that. Uh, It just really showcases why... Yeah. Another scene that showcases why it's such a well-made movie. Yeah, I mean, that scene is... Yeah, you're right. Just like in terms of technical aspects, in terms of the acting chops of the actors, far and away, the best scene. Like, you can tell when you're watching it. Like, I could tell. Even the moment I was watching it, I was like, oh, they put a lot of work into the scene. I can tell. And like you said, everything about it, even things you don't notice. Like, I didn't, I didn't notice the first time that you know, the music stops playing when he says something he doesn't really believe, all that stuff. And like you said, the moment you're watching, you're like, oh, no, it's falling apart. And I already knew they weren't going to end up together because I'd had it spoiled to me earlier. Oh, but man. at that moment, I was like, yeah, I can see this is they're, they're just, just falling apart. It's not going to happen. And you, you really don't want it to happen because you love these two characters and you want them to have everything. But the movie's like, hey, not being cynical, but just not going to end up together. Sorry. So. Going back to Ryan. Yes. Yes, I agreed. Yes. Agreed. <laughs> yes, a thousand times yes. That's Going back to Ryan Gosling's performance and back to the aspect of cinematography and the one-shots, the director wanted these one-shots. And as I watched and after watching it, I thought to myself, I've seen movies where I know this actor is not playing the piano. And Mm. they're just cutting down to their hands. But I was like, they did a really good job on visual effects for showing Ryan Gosling playing piano, or he's just not playing the right notes. But he he did. He did, and he only had three months of training before. He hadn't played at all. And he just played after three months of training. He played every single song that he's in in the movie and those like be trying those songs myself though the last part of Mia mia and sebastian's theme even if you haven't watched the movie listeners go listen to the song the last part of that song is incredibly difficult and he learned in three months so now it's believable that he actually is a jazz pianist and it worked with his character, so it's awesome. Here's yes. the thing, though: he got to cop out on reading sheet music. Us, on the other hand, we're like, "Give us the sheet music so we can figure it out." He's just like, "Show me the keys." <laughs> yeah, I'll play them for you. Well, in jazz, they don't have sheet music, man. Oh, that's he, so true. He, he hadn't learned the language. Jazz. <laughs> he hadn't language. Oh. Yeah, we should start a jazz band. <laughs> Tanner and Todd. What's the band called? We should call it. Ooh, I don't know. 
chicken on a stick. Yeah. TNT. TNT. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yes. Okay. There it is. Tanner and Todd. We found it, folks. You have it. You have it. Well, as we wrap up, I guess, Tanner, let's and, and Todd, let's offer up like some criticisms. Like it is, It's a great movie. One of the best I've seen in a long, long time. Is there, is there anything you would criticize about this movie, though? Here's what I would criticize. The one thing that I loved most is the one thing that is probably like the deal killer and like why this movie finally goes morally corrupt. Um, uh, first of all, it's the epilogue. Okay, and I'm going to explain this so that Todd doesn't jump on me in 20 seconds. Oh, okay, hold up. Hold, what, do you mean, <laughs> what, what do you mean the epilogue is morally corrupt? Oh, well, I the, the actually, epilogue. I know where you're going with this, and I agree yeah, with you, Parson. Todd knows where I'm going. Okay, okay, I'm a, go ahead. I'm going to spell it out for you, Cooper. So, here's the thing. Throughout this entire movie, we've watched these two people who have invested a lot into each other. Like, a lot, right. as we can see at the very end, right? Like, they essentially built each other to an extent, right? Like, they made each other do the thing, make, go, like, follow their dreams, Right. So right. this I mean, movie, obviously these... Mia made Sebastian call his joint Sebs and start it instead of going on his career with the band. And oh yeah, that's he one of my criticisms that that he caved and didn't call it Chicken Wednesday. Yeah. Oh really? And so <laughs> really? they each called they each called each other out. Is essentially what happened, right? Yes. And so they've invested a lot into each other, of course, right? And so us who have now emotional buy-in with both of these characters enjoy like watching them together and uh, in the words of cooper we know it's not going to work and we're sad about this right like once we get to that scene right we're sad about this anyways auditions happen movie happens like five years later we walk into seb's and um we've got new husband uh, kid for mia and then sebastian has his dream essentially like laid out for him on a silver platter yep um and then we move into the epilogue when we've got essentially their love theme playing the song they first met to, right? Yep. And so now we're brought back to the time when them two were together, right? And all of a sudden, we don't like husband anymore. Person that she's married, person that she's had a kid with. The second they kissed, you don't like him. Exactly. we're, We're mad at him. Exactly. And so as we continue on, we move into, um, a, we have epic transition into complete imaginary land, which is like connected right. to reality, absolutely zero. Um, the only thing that is connected is the storyline, right? And everything happens that you want to happen from that time, right? Like they run into each other. Yeah, the they the movie is giving everything that you wanted to happen. Exactly. And that continues for the entirety of the epilogue. And then you end, okay? We shift back into... Him playing the piano, right? Playing their love theme, which is literally the best song. But um, they're playing the love theme. And you've got... Exactly. You're shifting back onto their faces. And they're the only two faces, right? And then all of yep. a sudden, we're back with husband. And we walk out of the bar. Mm-hmm. Here's the problem with this. It makes you dislike this person. Yeah. Like, the entire idea of this is like... I don't know, like, don't put, um, here's my, here's what I'm saying. Don't put emotional buy-in into a relationship that you know is not going to work, right? Like, this is why you don't cohabitate people. This is why you don't yes, live with your boyfriend That or is girlfriend. my main criticism of the movie. Yes. Is that so, part. Is like, yeah. 
Anyways, my criticism of the epilogue is this. It makes you wish for something that wasn't meant to be. And it makes you hope for something that should never have happened. Yeah, okay. Anyways. A couple of things. I want to defend the movie on this. I think you're kind of right, but wrong. I, I agree the cohabitation part is a moral failing of the movie. Um, and I, I think, it, I mean, to be honest, it kind of showcases the faults with that. Um, so, there. But with the epilogue, I think the movie does a lot of work to make that guy likable. Um, like the, he's pretty likable. You don't see a lot of him, but he seems pretty caring, pretty loving, pretty great guy. I'll compare this to Casablanca. Have you seen Casablanca, Todd? Yes. Okay. Well, it's at the very end of the movie, right? Like the girl and the guy could get together and they would be great. But then the girl goes off with her husband, right? Because that's what is supposed to happen. Even though you're cheering for, uh, I forget his name, um, you know, Humphrey Bogart and Ingrid Bergman to get together. Um, really what has to happen is she has to go off with who she's married to. And that's kind of the reality. And so you like both characters. You like the her actual husband, but you acknowledge that the right thing has happened. So I hear what you're saying. I just don't think it's true. I, I think um, the movie is, is being honest with you. It's one of the things I love about the movie is the epilogue. It's saying, listen, here's what you wanted. I'm sorry it was never meant to be. And Emma has a great, or Emma's tone, Mia has a great life with her husband. With her, She's made a, a family, and she's happy there. And, you know, Ryan Gosling, Seb, is, I mean, he's still single. He's probably not as happy, maybe, sadly, but he's still a happy guy. So I think that movie gives you something that you wanted and then says, well, actually, that's that wasn't that was never going to happen, and that's just life. And it, it's not cynical, um, but it's not completely lighthearted either. And so I think it actually really works. That blog really works for me. But I, I understand kind of where you're coming at. Todd, what's your perspective on this? I think... The that they didn't don't end up together still works because they still in the end love each other, but not like okay. in a love in an unconditional yeah. love that they yeah. already two have people, for each other. Two people can can love one another and not marry. Like that's yes, it's true. What they said in the scene before the five years later, when they're at the uh-huh. planetarium, yeah, they say, "I will always love you," and that's true. They do always yep. love each other, and you see it in the mm-hmm. as they look at each other before Mia walks out of the jazz club. That because they make eye contact and smile at each other, I think that makes that they end up to, don't end up together okay for me and happy. The mm-hmm. part where I go off is on the theme that instead of ending up together. They went for their dreams. Mm-hmm. So the theme is saying that the, the the overall theme is that you can't have it all, and that's right. that's true. But the specifically to this, they chose selfishly. They right. that's correct. They chose what they wanted from the beginning of the story, but what they needed was each other. I think. They needed yeah. each other, and they could have had. They didn't need their dreams necessarily. That was what they wanted, but what they needed was each other. A scene that helps is an underrated scene. Um, Ryan Gosling is like lying in their bed, and Mia is on on her phone on the phone with her mom, right? And she's like, "No, he doesn't have a steady job yet." But and then you cut back to 
Sebastian, he's on the bed, and he's like, man, I need to get a steady job, right? And so he does the jazz band for her. Yeah. And so that scene cuts really deep when you're talking about earlier, the dinner scene where Mia comes home, because he, he's like, this is the dream. And he's, yeah, maybe lying a little bit, but he's he does it. He has a steady job for her, for her. And so I completely agree with you, Todd. That makes a lot of sense. It's just, I think Tanner mentioned this earlier, why, why um, his mom doesn't love this movie. And I still think, like, coherently it does kind of work. But you're right. Like, if you think about it, they they chose their dreams, and they chose that rather than um, you, they chose kind of wrong, I guess that's what I'm trying to say, like you said. so. And that scene that you mentioned, I, I, that. Did, I did notice that it had some sort of subtext to it and reasoning behind yep. it. Because in that scene, there's one shot that you may remember where it shows a stain on his ceiling. And it fixates oh, right. on that for like a good six seconds. Right. And you, you have to think about nasty. why is that there. Yeah. It's because it's related to how he doesn't have a steady job and how just this is the state that he's in right now and he feels yeah. bad about it. So I guess, Tanner, going off what you said about the epilogue then, do you think the movie wants us to think that they should have stayed together and just done kind of um, – Sebastian's jazz band thing, or do you think the movie wants you to believe this is the best scenario for for what happened at the end? What do you think, Tanner? I don't know. They could be pulling a Shakespeare on us right now and say, "Leave this up yeah. to your interpretation." I mean, because Todd made a good point. Like, I didn't even think about it because the movie's just that good at what it does. But maybe the movie is trying to say actually that they chose selfishly. I don't know. Maybe it's a cautionary tale. I see that. Maybe it's a cautionary. maybe it's a cautionary tale. It's a caution. Oh. No criticism. <laughs> if if that's a cautionary tale, then I don't think that'd be the a criticism. Perfect. But but it's not. You're right. But the thing is, like we're asking the question, you know. And so the movie's saying, is it moral? Is it not? And honestly, like until you brought it up, Todd, I was honestly not even considering the fact that it was more of a cautionary tale. So I, it's probably more of a criticism. At the very least, you could say, okay, you can make it more obvious that we're that we're asked, the movie's asking a question. Well, realistically, yes. the the director stated the theme, and it's not it, it's 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 that you can't have what you want. It's right. not a cautionary. Right, tale. and that that is that is the easiest reading. It's what I read. Yes, I agree. Yes. So, conclusion: it was fun to talk, but yeah, they made the wrong choice, I guess. Yes, we know. They were wrong. We know the montage at the end. If they yes. would have stayed together, that would have happened, and everything would have worked out fine. He he would have played jazz in Paris, would have been fine. Yeah, well, that's. I mean, I I do think that that is the more romanticized and dreamy version. I don't think that would have actually happened the way that it would have happened. Well, it's a musical. Anything could happen. Yep, yep. Anything could happen. All right. Well, anything else to say about La La Land, guys? Other than it's a great movie that people should watch. Amazing movie. Go watch it. Um, I I have I have one last words. I have one last words. If you guys can finish this line, it would make my day. Lady, why you be tripping like that? Oh my gosh. What's the finish? I don't remember what. I'm blank right now. Okay, I'll say it. No, Jamal, you be tripping. <laughs> oh, that's right. That was such that that. I just saw a meme before watching that movie, and so I died laughing at the 
No, Jamal, you be tripping. That's what you're missing, guys, if you haven't watched it. That's right. That's that's the quality dialogue you're missing. Watch so out. So true. All right. Well, thank you so much to our patrons who support us over at patreon.com forward slash the screening. Mr. and Mrs. Radsky and Mike and Sylvia, thank you guys so much for your support. If you want to support this fine podcast, head over to the link I mentioned. It's in the description. We love our patrons. Thank you so much, Todd, for coming on. This was a ton of fun. This might be the longest podcast in total, like after editing, that we've ever done. So I love it. I love it a lot. We had a great discussion. Wow, it's uh, been an always, honor. Been an honor. T- yeah, and Tanner, thank you. You don't get thanked a lot because you're on every time, but thank you, Tanner. Loves you, Tanner. You everybody add loves to you. the yeah, conversation stuff. immensely, and I enjoyed discussing. It's always a pleasure with you. What I contribute to this podcast is my voice. That's about it. Well, I mean, don't we all? That's all we do. Yeah. That's what a podcast is. You and Isaiah edit and mess with stuff. I just show up. Yeah. It's, I don't even know this, but me and Isaiah mess with your voice like all the time. It's like way deeper or way higher, depending on how we feel in the editing. No, place. you're there for the ratings, Tanner. You know? <laughs> That's true. You're right. there for That's the right, female Tanner. audience. They love to hear <laughs> <Okay>. your voice. <laughs> I'm here for ASMR customer service, Tanner folks. Voice. Email and I'll email back. <laughs> oh, my gosh. No, please don't do that. <laughs> Tanner's pursuing his career, guys, in podcasting over the ladies, okay? And also jazz. Yes, yes. and also jazz with TNT. Look up that. TNT on Spotify eventually. Me and oh, Todd man. will show up. Yes, that's awesome. That is awesome. All right, well, guys, we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed this conversation with the one and the only Todd truly on La La Land. Until then. This has been The Screening.